Together, we are Coastal. This body of believers exists to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. We connect, we grow, we serve. But the most important thing that we do is step outside of these four walls, carrying with us the gospel of Jesus Christ. So carry that good news. Go Coastal. To your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, to the world. Go. Coastal Church. Do me a favor, get your Bible out. If you don't have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 5. Uh, we're going to multitask, okay? Um, get your bulletin out. Take some notes. This prepares you for your small groups during the week, okay? And then with your, uh, with your handout, there is a couple resources that we're providing. Uh, I told you over the course of this series, we're going to be providing some resources to help equip you so that if you have the opportunity to talk to someone about what it means to be a Christian, to, to turn from their sin and trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that you would be equipped equipped to do that, all right, so that you leave here and you're on mission. So maybe you're here and you're just struggling with, man, what elements of the gospel do I need to share with a person for them to be a Christian, all right? Well, that's what this is, all right? This is a great little tool to kind of for you to read over and kind of get to know so that you understand, man, when I'm talking to someone about Jesus and sharing, man, what 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 is it that they need to know in order to be a Christian, all right? So I want you to take that with you, read that. Uh, if you need more of those, we can certainly provide those, okay? The second thing is a bookmark, okay? So you have that nearby. I'm going I'm to reference that uh, at the end of the sermon today, and I'm going to walk you through this tool uh, that I sometimes use when I'm talking to someone sharing the gospel so that they understand uh, what they need to know in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to talk about opportunities. Uh, I want us to begin to see our lives the people in our lives as, uh, as opportunities to build relationship and, and to share the gospel. And I was, I was thinking about a time I had a missed opportunity. Um, it was when I was about 22, 21 or 22 years old. I had just graduated from college. Uh, I was actually living back home and I was working and I found out some of my buddies from college were kind of gathering the day after Thanksgiving in Pennsylvania. And we kind of always did that. It was a tradition of ours while we were in college, so I decided to, uh, to go up and meet my college buddies. Uh, at the time, I was living in Baltimore, uh, which is where my family lives, and, um, and so I was going to a fairly large church in Baltimore, and, and actually in my, I didn't know the person specifically, but in kind of my peer group that I ran with was a girl that babysat uh, for Cal Ripken Jr. She was Cal Ripken Jr.'s nanny and helped take care of, uh, of his kids, and so I took, uh, after Thursday, Thanksgiving with my family, I went up and visited my friends in Pennsylvania, and uh, so this is pre cell phone, okay? Uh, and so I went and I visited my friends in Pennsylvania. And when I came home on Saturday, there was a day old message on my answering machine. How many of y'all remember those, right? And so uh, it's blinking light. You have a message. I hit the button and it was one of my very best friends saying this, Sean, where are you? A bunch of us got invited to go play basketball at Cal Ripken's house. We're going right now. Well, that was a day late. All right, so missed opportunity. It's like really, it's a couple degrees of separation for me being best friends with Cal Ripken Jr. So, um, 
Yes, I wish they had invented cell phones sooner. Okay, so uh, yeah, so it was a missed opportunity, but today we want to talk about opportunities, and we want to, I want to challenge you to look for, be praying for, uh, and, and having intentional opportunities to share the gospel with those in your circle, okay? And so we're going to look at the call of a guy by the name of Levi. Levi uh, was a tax collector, and Christ called him to be one of his 12 disciples that he poured himself into uh, to take the message of Christ to the next generation, all right? And you'll know Levi actually as Matthew. He, he wrote the gospel of Matthew, okay? But in this uh, story, he, uh, it's his nickname, okay? Levi. And uh, that's a joke. So uh, here we go. Jesus, all right, calls Levi to follow, point number one. <clears throat> so Jesus called to follow. And I'm going to unpack kind of four sub points here that I think we can take with us in, in, the, in the idea of evangelism. In Luke chapter 5, verse 27, it says, after this, he went out, so Jesus went out, and he saw a tax collector named Levi. He was sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Jesus said to him, follow me. So the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus interacts with people on a daily basis, all right? <clears throat> so in other words, Jesus is not, this is not a church service, okay? He's just out in the community doing his thing, and, and Levi is doing his thing. Levi's at work, okay? He's a tax collector. He's got his booth. He's doing his job, and, and apparently, now, so let me interject a little bit of some, I really don't know 100%, but my suspicion is this was not Jesus' first interaction with Levi, right? That there's some kind of relationship being built. Maybe he was paying his taxes on a regular basis, right, at this booth, and he, he's developing, and they're beginning to talk spiritual things, but I want to encourage you, like, uh, your life is and your daily life is an opportunity to build relationships with people that don't yet know Christ for the hope of sharing the gospel, all right? So never, and, and never assume that a person isn't thinking about spiritual things, I think we assume that a lot. Well, that, you know, they don't want to know or they don't want to hear. And, and, and I really am of the belief, uh, Ecclesiastes tells us, <coughs> that God has set eternity in all of our hearts. We, we all kind of have this God-sized hole that we, we're trying to stuff all kinds of things in that hole to fill it and find purpose and find fulfillment. And it doesn't get filled apart from relationship with God through Christ. And so never assume, man, a person doesn't want to talk about spiritual things. And so, and so Jesus calls him. So, you know, as you're out in the community, be thinking about your waiter, your waitress, your checkout person, your doctor, your nurse, your accountant, your neighbor, your coworker. Look for, pray for, anticipate that each person at some point in their life is thinking about spiritual things. How do we know that? Well, it goes back to the first sermon, right? That God is always at work around us. He is the evangelist. He is speaking through nature. People are asking questions about God and about spiritual things. And so we want to be ready. We want to look for, we want to even talk about. And I thought Pastor Andrew last week gave us a great question to ask, right? It was it is just look at a person and say, hey, do you want to go out and talk about God? You know, and they say no, then okay. But if they say yes, man, you have an opportunity and this person knows what you're going to talk about. The second thing we see is Jesus' invitation, right? The invitation is, hey, follow me. 
And so when we're doing evangelism, the invitation is follow Jesus. Why is that important? It's important because I think sometimes as Christians, we get bogged down in debates, right? I, I rarely, I, I would venture to say almost never go on Facebook and enter into some debate, right? And, and, and part of the reason, and I know some people like see it as their mission, and I, I probably should engage, I see the value of probably engaging with social media more, which I almost do none, but I see people that do, and like, I get it, it's important, I guess, but the reason I don't is communication is more than written or verbal, right? There's nonverbal communication, and I certainly ran into people that I felt like God was working in their heart and they really did have a sincere question about the problem of evil. You know, why does evil exist if God is good? Or, you know, what about this? And, and so I think we should be prepared. But, but the whole thing on social media is like, I never know the heart of the person. And is this just a debate? And I, I think a lot of times the debate of a person comes from a hurt right? They used to go to church and now the church hurt them or even sinned against them. And so, and so what happens is all these questions that really aren't the root of it. The root of it is a hurt, but man, I'm going to ask questions, creation versus evolution, problem of evil or whatever, you know? And so I see Christians get sidetracked, you know, we're coming up on Halloween, man. I see Christians get super passionate about, you know, you should or you shouldn't as a family do Halloween. I always say it's a family decision, but you know, and, and I'm not saying as part of your sanctification, you shouldn't think about these things. But at the end of the day, when it, when it comes to evangelism, we are to point people to Jesus, right? Now, Jesus deals with particular sins, yes, and we're called to repent of sin. And sometimes a particular sin in a person's life is what's keeping them from trusting in Jesus. So we, we may have to deal with a particular sin, but, but at the end of the day, we don't have to deal with everything, right? We talk about sin, and we connect them to Jesus, and guess what? Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, takes care of the cleanup process, right? And that's called sanctification, and sanctification is a process, and the Holy Spirit does live inside of us. And we are growing to be more like Jesus. But none of us, by the way, before glorification arrives, right, we're all in process. And, and, and so ultimately we say, hey, the gospel message is to repent of sin and follow Jesus, right? And we'll let Jesus take care of all the processes. So don't weigh down into debates, right? Follow me, Jesus said to Levi, all right? So that's our call. Number three, what does Jesus do? He calls Levi to be a disciple. Now, <clears throat> Our job is to introduce people to Jesus. Our job is to call people to be disciples. And by the way, the gospel is for everyone. Yes? The gospel is for everyone. So let me step back here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually probably make some of you feel really uncomfortable in a moment. So here we go. Ready? Levi, in that culture, was the worst of the worst. He he was a guy that Jesus hung around with for three years, and my suspicion is there was a lot of people in the culture that would look at Jesus hanging around with Levi and think, man, how could, how could God deal with him, right? He's the kind of person that God leaves alone. He, he's the kind of particular sinner that God has nothing to do with. Why in the world is Jesus hanging out with Levi? The tax collectors in, in this day were, so the people of Israel were under Roman rule, okay, and they were taxed by the Roman government. And the way the Roman government did this is they essentially franchised out locations that a person could purchase the location and then 
collect the taxes for them, okay? And so a tax collector in Bible times, in this particular case, Levi was a Jewish man that had turned away from his heritage and was now working for the Roman government, taxing these people. They didn't like the Roman government, but he's now getting rich on his own people, doing it for the oppressive another government. Does that make sense? And so this guy's considered the worst of the worst, and he's getting wealthy doing it. The tax collectors were always rich because they not only collected their taxes, but, you know, there were trans, transfer fees, right? You ever wonder that with your bank, like transfer? Like it's a electronic. How much does that cost, you know? So, yeah. So that's where the tax collector got rich, right? Transfer fees. And so, you know, whatever he thought he needed to transfer the money from you to the Roman government, he charged and he got rich, and the people, man, the, the people would look at that and go, why him, Jesus? That's not the kind that you should save and work with and make a disciple. Listen, as a church, as a believer, you're here this morning, you're a believer. There is no people group on earth that we should look at and go, they can't be disciples. There's no race, there's no particular sin grouping that we would look at and go, man, they don't get to be followers of Christ. Ready to be uncomfortable? Because I think a lot of times we think, man, that, that's not me. Really? What if, uh, what if there was a child sex offender that repented of their sin, came to Christ, paid their debt to society through the justice system, went through the legal process, the legal process did what they needed to do, and now this person's free, and they're now a Christian, and they want to be a part of Coastal Community Church. Are they welcome here? They better be. Now, if they wanted to be a member, we would, we would, for the protection of them and the protection of Coastal, we would say, hey, you know what? You probably can't serve in the children's ministry, 18 and under. That's keep you safe, keep us safe. But there's no sin that the gospel doesn't redeem, yes? What if, um, <clears throat> what if God began to work in the transgender community? Transgender, like guys that now look like girls, girls that now look like guys, and they're struggling with their gender identity, and they realize, man, in their struggle with gender identity, like they're still lost, and something's still missing, and so God begins to move, and God says, your promise, you're not identifying with your creator in Christ, and as they identify with Christ, they begin to come to grips with their sexual identity, that God created their sexual identity the way he created it, because he's sovereign, and he does that for good things, and so now these people become, the, gen, the transgender community begins to repent of their sin and come to Christ, and, and so now they begin to find a church, and they come to Coastal Community Church, or maybe they're lost, but they want to investigate Christ and they come in here, and we got a bunch of guys that look like women or women that look like guys, and maybe they've even had plastic surgery, but in that they become Christians, and now they're following Christ, and now we've got men that look like women that are part of our church. Are they welcome here? They better be. Because there is no particular sin that we can look at and go, God can't save those. I'm going <clears> to <throat> lighten the load a little bit. This is a story that I've told before. <clears throat> um, Yesterday was my birthday, so my wife is treating me really nice because it throws her under the bus. So here we go. I'm going to throw my wife under the bus, uh, but it's such a great story. Um, years ago, we were in my na- the neighborhood I lived in uh, had um, 
signs plastered all over the community when you walked your dog. All the signs said, you know, make sure you pick up your dog's poop and have a bag when you're walking. And so we decided one evening to go for a walk, take our dog. We're taking our dog. And about a half mile away from the house, the dog decides to use the bathroom and we realize we don't have a bag, right? And so dogs go in the bathroom. So we pull it off the sidewalk and we pull it into somebody's yard, you know, like here, go in their yard kind of thing. And, um, and we start looking around because we don't have our bag and we kind of sheepishly walk away, you know, like oh, whatever, somebody else's problem. And, um, we get about a half mile down the road, and if it was your yard, I apologize. And um, let me know, I'll mow your yard or something. So make up for it. So I get about a half mile down the road, and we're walking on a sidewalk, and in the middle of the sidewalk is the biggest pile of poop I've ever seen. It, I looked at it and thought, somebody must have walked a cow, okay? That's the only <laughs> possible explanation. And uh, my wife looks at this large pile of dog poop, and she's like, can you believe that? <laughs> and I said, believe what? Somebody let their dog poop on the sidewalk and didn't pick it up. I said, we just did that a half mile ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we did the same thing. And she goes, yes, but our dog's poop's not as big as that dog poop. And as soon as she said that, I was like, I have the best illustration for sin. Uh, <laughs> Because that's exactly what we do. Hey, my crap ain't as bad as your crap. That's what we say. And so as Christians, we need to be really careful. We don't get to say, hey, that particular pile of crap, God can't redeem. Yes? We need to be very careful. Now, I'm not saying shy away from calling sin, sin. Well, we will, Coastal will always stand firm on what the Bible defines as righteousness and unrighteousness. But God can redeem anyone's unrighteousness, yes? And so if we're going to have a, uh, eyes for evangelism, there is no one in our community that the gospel can't save. And they are 100% welcome, anybody, to walk in these doors and hear the message of Jesus. Anybody. No matter where they are no matter their starting point. Our evangelism cannot discriminate against particular sins. We can't think someone else's sin is worse than our sin. We can't think that there is a particular sin that God, by the grace of God and by the person and work of Christ, the blood of Christ, can't redeem, buy back, and do great things for for the kingdom of God. Number four, call to follow Jesus. Jesus calls Levi to leave everything. He says, leave everything. Verse 28, and leaving everything, Levi rose and followed Christ. Listen, the idea of leaving everything for Levi was huge. So if you remember the Apostle Peter, anybody remember what the Apostle Peter did for a living? He was a fisherman, right? And so he follows Jesus for three years. Jesus gets crucified. He gets lit, laid in a grave. And suddenly this great guy they were following is dead. And Peter is like, man, he's confused. And so what does he do? Anybody remember? Goes back to fishing. Where do we find Peter? He's fishing again. I'm going to go back and make my living. Until the resurrected Jesus shows up and restores him to ministry, okay? And so restores his apostleship to plant churches. And so, um, but Levi did not have that opportunity. Levi knew that the call to follow Christ came at a high cost. 
It, the Jews were gonna, not going to have anything to do with him, and the Romans were now done with him. He had nowhere to go, and it came at a, it came at a financial cost. He, he literally had to cash, and he was probably pretty wealthy. He literally had to cash out and, and follow Christ. And so my point is that if we're following Jesus, two points, if you're following Jesus this morning, Jesus gets it all. Right? To follow Jesus means he gets everything. If, you know, that attitude that you've been holding on to for 45 years and your spouse has been putting up with it for 25 of it, right? And you're like, and you know, you don't just get to say, well, it's just the way I am. It's just me. It's just me being me. Terrell Owens, right? Love me's a me. Okay, so that's what he said. Anyway, two people get it. Um, so, yeah, you don't get to do that. Christ has everything. Now, are we in process? Of course we're in process. But man, that attitude should be being dropped and being molded and shaped. And if there's a belief that you're holding on to that, that it doesn't measure up with the Bible and the Scripture and what Christ has revealed to us in His Word, you don't get to say, well, this is what I believe. Listen, the, the, Christ gets it all. And obedience, right? And we, we walk in obedience. And, and so if there's a particular sin that we keep stumbling into as Christians, we need to surround ourselves with brothers and sisters in Christ that help us so we can walk in obedience. Christ gets our pocketbook, right? Christ, we're, we're funding the kingdom so it goes forward. Christ gets our time. He gets it all. And so in a gospel presentation, there's nothing wrong with telling a person, hey, you need to count the cost. Like, if you're going to follow Christ, it's an all-in thing. Luke 14, Jesus says, you don't, no one, no one builds a building without first sitting down and putting a pen to paper and saying, how much is this going to cost, right? Count the cost. It's an all-in commitment, but the all-in commitment is, hey, come and follow me. Second thing we see here, number two. All right, so Levi follows Jesus, and the next thing he does is he throws what I call a Levi party, okay? He gathers all his friends, and he says, hey, I want... So here's the great thing, okay? And I'm going to get to this in a minute. When, when, you become, when, when you walk in a Christian life for a long period of time, you look up one day, and you're like, I don't have any like, non-Christian friends, right? And, but new Christians, that's all they know, like is lost people, right? People don't know Jesus. And so Levi's so excited about following Jesus, he throws a party, right? And so in Luke chapter 5, verse 29... It says, and Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples and said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So what's going on here, all right? Levi invites his buddies to hang out, and in that he introduces them to Christ. And so the first thing I want you to, I want you to see is, man, Christians... We tend to cloister over time, right? We tend to only know other Christians, and we should. I mean, there's a, you know, the New Testament, corporate worship, community, and small groups serving it. Like, all of that is what a church should do, uh, what Christian people should do. But that doesn't mean there aren't any circles of people around us that don't know Jesus, that we're building a relationship with. And, and Levi throws a party, and he invites those people. And so, so, if you're here this morning, and you're a Christian, you, there should be some non-Christians that you're hanging out with. Now, I want to put one caveat around that, okay? That's with the assumption that these unbelieving friends are not leading you into sinful behavior. So, in other words, you're hanging out with people and they're no longer influencing you to sin, 
So I'm going to hang out. Pastor Sean said, go to the party. I'm going to go to the party, and I can't control myself, and everybody else is drinking. I'm going to drink myself to drunkenness, all right? Then stop hanging out with them until you mature. So I'm talking about that we mature in Christ until sin and our friends no longer have an influence on us, okay? That's the caveat. If you're here this morning and you're dating someone, and that day that person you're dating is, is pulling you into sexual sin, all right? I'm going to make this really easy for you. You need to break up with them. Really easy. Well, I'm, I've been trying to talk to them about Jesus. Let somebody else, Jesus, Jesus send the Holy Spirit to send someone else to lend, lend them to Jesus. You are getting pulled into sin. Well, I'm trying to figure out if this relationship's God's will. Okay, you're already out of God's will. Okay, so you're probably not in God's will. All right, so, so listen, just break up with them. See, it's easy. And so... Um, <laughs> God's got somebody that's going to encourage you towards righteousness and holiness, not someone that's going to lead you into sin. So now I'm talking to people where the sin, the people in your life don't have the influence to drag you into sin, but we are to have some people in our lives that don't yet know Jesus, right? And so when we have that, then we invite those that we know. And I, I titled this, Don't Waste a Good Party, right? These are the opportunities to build relationships. And, the, and in these relationships, our hope and our our, our is to introduce people to Christ. Notice that Levi does something fun, right? It's a feast, and it came at his cost, and he invites people to be there, right? And people that he knows with the hope of introducing them to Christ, all right? And so there should be people like that in our lives. So how do we do that? Well, I mean, listen... uh, Maybe you serve a neighbor with a cleanup project. I mean, God gave us a great gift this week. Everybody's yard needs cleanup, right? So, you know, maybe you could serve your neighbor this week. I'm going to tell you something. Yesterday, and um, I just, uh, so Friday, we had a, everybody's yard was a mess this week. Mine had a couple really big limbs come down and, uh, in my backyard, and I couldn't get to on Friday because my wife and I committed to helping someone else. And yesterday, there was the men's conference up here, and I was a part of that. And it's just running around. And my wife posted something really sweet. Yesterday was my birthday, and it's none of your business how old I am. And Joe, Pastor Joey always gets it wrong just to make me older than I am, so ignore his post. And so... Um, <clears throat> And so, and so my neighbors, two of my neighbors are in my small group. And so they saw my wife's post and saw my backyard. And, and um, by the time I got home, so I was standing on spending the rest of the day cleaning up my backyard. By the time I got home, they had already cleaned my yard for me. Wasn't that awesome? And I tell you, when I pulled in, they were finishing up. And I just felt so loved, man. I felt so loved. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, how do I get one of Pastor Sean's sermons? Just come over and work on my house, okay? And I'll, I'll weave you in. I've got back porch needs some help and stuff like that. So some things you could do. So um, no, but I felt so loved. And it made me think, man, why are we not out in the community doing, like how we can make people that don't know Jesus feel love this weekend, right? And, uh, and they just made me think. Love so thank you Billy and thank you the Morrisons all right great job and um, I, I maybe it was just so the neighborhood doesn't go to pot um, somebody's gonna take care of his yard he doesn't do it uh, so it uh, could be that but some other opportunities right a cleanup project and men hey men we just did the cornhole thing right and listen we already know who's gonna win right that's me but but invite some people anyway like uh, maybe but instead of like going like hey small group dude. Maybe the dudes in your small group, maybe you go, hey, you know what, let's invite someone 
from work or in our community, and they're going to be my partner, and the cornhole thing was awesome, the food was great, and pay the five bucks to get them in, and Bill MacArthur this year shared the gospel, he did an awesome job, and he was short and succinct, and then he said, hey, let's play cornhole, I mean, it was awesome, great opportunity to invite somebody to, you know, to hear the gospel, you know, so maybe it's that. I know my small group, one of the things we do at the end of each small group season, we do a, a potluck dinner, and then we just take time to give thanks, right? We go around the table, and everybody gives thanks, and it's always emotional and awesome. And I'm not saying it's either or, but maybe, maybe this year, instead of doing that as a small group, if your small group does that, maybe instead of doing that, say, hey, no, instead of getting together with one, each other in the small group, we're going to invite a neighbor over that doesn't know Christ or a coworker, and we're just going to grill out with someone that doesn't know Christ. Like, let's begin to think intentionally, relationally with people that don't know Christ. Maybe, maybe you eat at a restaurant, the same restaurant, and go to the same booth for an entire year. For those of you who like, leave here and go out to eat afterwards, you know, great, and, and get to know the waiter or the waitress. Maybe if you own a pool or a boat, you know, use that as an opportunity to invite the pastor. I mean, invite people over that don't yet know Jesus and, and you know, build a relationship with them and, 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 you know, use what God has given you, the gifts that God has given you to build relationships like Levi did. Hey, come, I want you to, I want you to meet Jesus. And then in that relationship building, okay, we pray for a heart, number three, we pray for a heart that welcomes the gospel, okay? And so, again, this goes back to week one of this series. We don't change a heart. That's, that's the business of God and the Holy Spirit. But we do present the gospel we look for. We anticipate opportunities, right? And so we see the differences between a hard heart and a soft heart here in Luke chapter 5, verse 30. It says, in the Pharisees and the scribes, they grumbled at the disciples saying, why do you eat with these kinds of people, right? The tax collectors, the sinners. And Jesus answered them and says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have come to call. The, not, not call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. What Jesus is saying here is if you think you're okay, I didn't come to call you. The gospel is for the heart that says, man, I'm a broken mess. I need help. That's who the gospel is for. And by the way, next week we're going to look at what Jesus does when he's dealing with a hard heart. Someone thinks they got it together, okay? And we're going to look at that next week. But this week, I just want to say, be in this relationship building, okay, we're looking for soft hearts. And again, I think Pastor Andrew's question from last week is fantastic. Hey, you want to get together and talk about God? Yeah, no, okay, whatever they say, okay. I'm just trying to present the opportunity, right? And so, so if a person says, so we're looking for soft hearts, okay? So now you have this relationship building. I've given you guys some ideas. Maybe you have some on your own, okay? You build these relationships. You look for the opportunity to talk about spiritual things. Maybe you say you want to talk about God, and now you've stumbled across the heart of a person that's ready, you're talking to someone, yeah, you know what, I'm a mess. I do want to connect with my creator. I want to connect with God. Hopefully that gospel tract will help you understand the things you need to present. And now what do you do, right? You now come across a heart that's ready, number four. What happens when I come across a heart that's ready, all right? So here's what I'm going to show you. So get your... Uh, a little bookmark out. I'm going to give you, this is one of the tools I use. It depends on the situation, um, but this is one of the tools that I use to share the gospel. This is often called the Romans Road, uh, where you lead a person through some very intentional verses in the book of Romans. And I think the book of Romans is the Apostle Paul's best letter in helping us really understand the doctrine of justification. And um, and so, and so we can use this road. So this is a tool. You can put it in your Bible, okay? Have it as a bookmark. And so if you ever have the opportunity, there's, by the way, there's apps. 
apps. You can download the Romans Road app, okay? Super easy to use. And, and now let me show, share with you how I use the tool, okay? So last week, Pastor Andrew did the whiteboard. You know, it was like the old football coach up here, you know, drawing X's and O's. That's kind of cool. Uh, so, okay, so here's a tool that I use, and hopefully it will help equip you, okay? Romans Road. And so the first thing I do is say, hey, listen, and the person's like, yeah, I want to hear more about God. Okay, let me, let me share with you from the Scripture. And so we turned to Romans 3.10, all right? And so maybe you put the bookmark in Romans 3.10, so you don't have to memorize it. You just turn here, you know it's there, okay? And then in Romans 3.10, and so here's how I use the Romans road. I look at them, and I say, hey, I want you to read the verse out loud. Read this verse out loud. Why do I do that? A couple reasons. Number one, the Word of God doesn't return void. The word of God is, you know, faith comes by hearing. And so they're reading the verse out loud. That's number one. That's spiritual reason. The second reason is practical reason. I want to make sure they're reading the right verse, right? For those of you, you know, a lot of y'all grew up in church, so you know this, but those of you who are like latecomers to the Christian thing, when was the first time you were reading through the books of the Bible, right? And you get to Thessalonians, you don't even know how to pronounce it, right? And, and somebody calls on you to pronounce it out loud, and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to butcher this, right? And so a lot of the, people don't know their way around their Bibles, right? Anyway, so I want to just make sure they're reading the right verse. And so read this out loud. Then after they read the verse, so go to Romans 3.10, yeah, none is righteous, no, not one. They read that out loud. And I look at them and I say, what do you think that means? And I shut up, right? And so last week, Pastor Andrew did that great thing, 60 seconds of silence. I was listening to that sermon on the road while I was driving. I started beating on my phone. I'm like, something's wrong. What? 60 seconds feels like five minutes. It? It's 60 seconds of silence. And I, I just let, let them think about it. And if they go, I don't know, you know what I say? Read it again. And they read it again. And I say, what do you think that means? And I'm telling you, you watch the Spirit of God through the Word of God begin to change a heart. Oh, I think it means I'm a sinner. Yeah, now let's go to the next verse, right? And so we just go through this, Romans 3.23, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Read that out loud. What do you think that means? Uh, well, you know, it's, God's got this standard and I've fallen short. Yep, you got it. Let's go to the next one, Romans 5.8. But God shows his love for us and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What do you think that means? Well, you know, it sounds like Jesus paid for my sin. I fell short and he, yes, it's the death of Christ on the cross. Now let's go to Romans 10.9 and 10, okay? And Romans wrote, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. What do you think that means? I, it sounds like if I believe in Jesus that I'm saved from the penalty of my sin. Yeah, check this out, Romans 10, 13, right? And so, and so you have the verses on here. Or one of the things you can do is you can write the next verse. If you like to use your Bible, you're not using an app, you can write the next verse you need to go to in the margin of your Bible. So you don't have to memorize these, right? You just walk through. They, they read Romans 3, and then you go, oh, look, the next verse is written there. Let's look over here. And then 10, 13, for everyone calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. What do you think that means? And then when we're done, and it seems like they have good understanding, I, there's questions on the back that I walk a person through, okay? Uh, man, are you a sinner? Yeah, according to the Bible, I sure am, man. And how, what does the Bible say? How do you receive forgiveness of sin? Well, I got to repent and I got to believe in Jesus. That's right. And so, you know, do you believe Jesus died and rose again for you? Because Romans 10, 9, and 10 tells us that. Yeah, I, I do believe that. Are you, do you want to follow Jesus today? Right? And, that, and listen, you got to ask that question. That's you know, those of you in sales, right, you know that is uh, closing the deal. Let's, let's get to the point. Do you want to receive Jesus today? You know what? I don't think I'm ready. What do you do then? Okay, hey, listen, I'm going to be praying for you. And uh, here's my number. You call me if you have any questions. And by the way, do you mind if I follow up with you in like six months? 
Yeah, that'd be great. Or no, I don't. Okay. You presented the gospel, right? Or if a person says, you know what? I do want to receive Jesus today. Well, guess what? I've equipped you. I've given you the prayer that I often pray with people. It's not the, it's not the magical prayer, right? It's the, it's the opportunity to do business with God for a person that, whose heart has already been molded and, and been soft. And so they pray to receive Christ. And let's say a person you're sitting with prays to receive Christ. By the way, what if some of these people we're praying for, you get to walk them through this and they pray to receive Christ? How awesome would that be? Amen. So what do you do next? Anybody? You make a disciple. Anybody intimidated by that? So how do you make a disciple? Well, what did Jesus say? We just did it in Luke 5. What did he say? Follow me. So I'm going to tell you how we make a disciple. How do we make disciples at Coastal Community Church? Our vision at Coastal Community Church is to develop authentic followers of Christ. We do that in three ways. What is it? Number one, connect. Number two, grow and serve. So you say, follow me. Guess what? Man, now that you're a believer, you know what we do? Man, we gather corporately. We sing about Jesus. We learn about Jesus in our corporate worship service. We have three of them, 8, 9, 30, and 11. Which one do you want to come to? I don't know, maybe 11. Great, I'll pick you up. Follow me. Get done with the church service. You look at the person and go, man, how did you, it was great. Or they hated it, whatever. Okay, but whatever. Like, it was great. Okay, listen, we have a small group, and we meet on Tuesday night at 630, and we go over the sermon, and we talk about how it applies to our life. I'll pick you up. Follow me. Oh, and by the way, listen, I serve at the food ministry, or I'm a greeter, or I'm a parking team, and uh, I get here every the first Sunday of the month, and I sit outside, or I run the soundboard. I, listen, follow me. Come with me. Oh, wait, and the bulletin announcement, right? And, they, and they're talking about the baptism class. And a lot of you are sitting here going, that doesn't apply to me. Well, if you just led someone to Christ, guess what? It applies to you. Hey, I'm going to take you to the baptism class. Follow me. The We Are Coastal class. When I get up here and I say, listen, great on-ramp. Really get involved in Coastal Community Churches. Our We Are Coastal class. Come to that. And you're like, well, I'm a member already. It doesn't apply to me. You just led someone to Christ. Guess what? Follow me. I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go. Everybody got it? Does it sound difficult? Oh, there you go. You got it. Marty's got it. Okay, so there you go. So you're making a disciple. And all you're doing is, and by the way, this is 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul says, you follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me. Follow me. Just come with me. And then guess what? That person's going to throw a Levi party, and they're going to they're invite some friends, and those, somebody in that group's going to become a Christian, and you're going to let that person go, what do I do now? Just tell them to follow you. Cool? All right, I'm the only one excited. Here we go. All right. Listen, I've missed plenty of opportunities. I've missed opportunities to play basketball at Cal Ripken. I've missed opportunities to share Christ. I have. I've missed opportunities. Um, but I want to encourage you, man. You have relationships. There's people around you. I'm equipping you. Coastal's equipping you. We're giving you some transitional language that you can use to transition from regular talk to spiritual talk. And, and, and really, I know you're like, this sounds really complex. No, no. Jesus t- took a 12 pretty ordinary guys and equipped them and they turned the world upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to tell you about a time that I didn't miss an opportunity and I almost did. Several years ago, man, we were at the old building and I got a call from a person and they said, hey, listen, my dad's not doing good, and um, <clears throat> he's south side right now, and he, um, they're going to try to transfer him later in the week to the, the peninsula. When, he, when they transfer him, would you, would you come up and talk to him? I said, yeah, I'll come talk to him. 
got a call a little later that day. He's like, listen, I don't think my dad's going to be able to transfer. I, he's doing really bad. Um, can you come over and talk to him on Southside? And I was so busy that day, and I was so grumbly. And as I gave them a joyful yes, yeah, I'll be there. I'm under the scenes, you know, kind of thing. And my, I'm so busy, I've so much to do, and now I'm going to have to work super late. Blah, blah, blah. And I drive Southside, and, um, and the Lord really convicted me on the drive over. And so God softened my heart. And so by the time I got there, her dad was not doing good. And she's like, I don't, I don't know if he's going to make it. And I said, does he, does he know that? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And I said, is he a believer? She goes, I don't think so. I said, can I share with the gospel? She's like, he's never wanted to hear it before, but yeah, I share the gospel. So, And so he wasn't able to speak. At first, his eyes were attentive, but, and I could tell he was acknowledging, but he was having a hard time speaking. And so I grabbed his hand. I said, listen, I'm going to ask you some yes, no questions. You squeeze my hand once for yes, twice for no. And I took this person through the gospel through yes, no questions. I said, you understand that you, you're dying? I was pretty blunt. I said, you understand you're dying? He said, yes. I said, um, you understand you're, when you die, you're going to stand before God. Do you understand that? Yes. Are you ready to stand before God? Two squeezes, no. I said, you can know, you can be ready to stand before God right now. Can I share that with you? Yes. And I take him through the gospel. Yes, no questions. Yes, no questions. We got done. I said, do you want to receive Christ right now? Yes. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. You follow along in your heart and your mind with me. And, and then, you know, if you prayed that, you squeeze my hand once for yes. And we got done. He squeezes my hand once for Yes. And I looked at his daughter, I said, he just prayed to receive Christ, you know. And so at that point, his son had come, and so his room was connected to like a garden area. And so we stepped outside the hospital room, and um, we we're talking, and I'm like, your dad just prayed to receive Christ, man. He's ready to meet the Lord, you know. This is fantastic. And, and we actually talked a little bit about funeral arrangements, because we figured that was probably coming up. And we were probably outside in the sun for 15, 20 minutes. And we come back into the hospital room. And now, the, like, the whole family's there. There's probably a dozen, maybe 15 people there. And the daughter introduces me as the pastor. Hey, this is our pastor. And everyone kind of looked at me. It was a very somber feeling. And everyone kind of looked at me. And I could tell the look was like, like do something spiritual, you know. And um, so I took up an offering. And um, <clears throat> just kidding. And so... Um, and so I said, listen, um, I, I want to tell you guys what your dad just did. And I shared the gospel with the family. And, and I said, I, I really believe he, he received Christ. And as I said that, he sat up and he said something unintelligible. I, I don't know what he said. And he lay back down and I latched onto it. I don't know what he said, but I was like, I think he wants you to hear the gospel right now. I think he wants you to understand life is short and you better make a decision to receive Christ. And when I said that, he sat up again and said something unintelligible. He sat back down and I prayed with that family. I'm like, look, I don't know where you are with Jesus. I've shared with you the gospel. I'm going to give you the opportunity to receive Christ. And we did the, I did a, kind of the sinner's prayers. It's often called right there. And I don't know if any of them believed in Christ or not, but I gave them the opportunity. I walked out of there and uh, as I'm driving home, his daughter calls and says, my dad just passed. And listen, I want to tell you something. I... I, there's been plenty of times I've missed opportunities to share the gospel, but I want to encourage us as a church, man. Every single person that goes through our sphere of life and our circle of influence is not an accident. And they are in your life for a reason. There's, God doesn't make any accidents. God is sovereign over every single path that crosses. And so here's what I want to encourage you. Don't waste a good party. Don't waste an opportunity. Don't waste a relationship. Don't waste the opportunity. 
Don't be unintentional. We, as believers, we need to be more intentional to pray for soft hearts, and then when the soft heart is apparent, to present the gospel. And you never know. God is working. Every heart knows. Every person knows. God is working. We're the mouthpiece. And you never know. Let's be intentional. Let's look for opportunities. And when those opportunities arise, let's make some opportunities. Let's make some relational opportunities. The opportunity to share the gospel when the heart is soft. Let's close with prayer. Father, we've been praying for these names on these boards. They're not just, they're not just black and white ink on boards, God. They're, they're people. They're people that the people in this church wrote their names up here because they have a relationship with them. And so, God, as your people, help us not to be spiritually lazy. Help me not to be spiritually lazy, God. Let's go out of here and let's use the time that you've given us to build relationship with the intention and the hope and the prayer of introducing people to Christ. And, Father, we plead that you would do the part that only you can do. You're the softener of the heart, God. You're, you're the saver of the mind and the heart and the soul, God. But we are the mouth that you have gifted us with the opportunity to share the greatest news the planet can know. That they can reconnect with their creator because you loved us so much. You sent your one and only son to pay the debt of sin that we couldn't pay. Raise again that we have the hope of eternal life in Christ alone. We get to announce that message. The word evangelize at its root means the bringer of good news. We get to bring that good news. And so, God, I pray even this week, God, that you would give us some soft hearts of people that we can now, equipped with the Romans Road or the bridge illustration, God, to share, hey, here's how you connect with your Creator through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. God, give us those opportunities. Help us to be attuned to those opportunities. Help us not walk around through the week with blinders on. Help us to see what you're doing. See the relationships you're bringing in our path. So that we may have people that celebrate for all of eternity. Because we look for opportunities. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're here this morning and, man, you have a prayer need, don't leave without praying with someone in our prayer chapel. They are available. If you're here this morning you don't yet know Christ, you'd like to learn, man, how do I connect with my Creator through the gospel of Jesus Christ? Listen, go pray with someone at the prayer chapel. They're equipped and they're ready to show you how to become a Christian. Let's do this, all right? When we announce the gospel of Jesus, we're bringing the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. So let's stand and let's sing that with the understanding, man, we bring the good news that brings heaven to earth. Let's stand and sing together.